When I travel, I like to go and I, I don't want to feel like a, just a dollar sign, you know, mm. or a number of room. I want to feel kind of like part of a little crew, little family, and that's what I want to create, that when you come, you don't feel just, ah, yeah, you're just another tourist, you know, you're part, you, you become a friend and you're part of the little crew, the little family, and we hanging out, we surf together, we go for songs, we go out, we party, we eat, whatever. And always, I have people that they come for, I don't know, two, three nights, and they stay two months. Yeah, that was this week's guest. Quick little bite, Fernando. New friend I made while staying at his place, El Chanti Surf House in Playa Hermosa. I gotta say, I don't get inspired to invite just anyone to be a guest on the show, but Fernando is just the type. Super laid back, good vibes, and also staying really sharp and running good business. Those are the kind of people that shine through their business and you feel that energy as soon as you get to his house. Fernando and I posted up on the beach for this chat. One of my favorite ways to record, the surf crinkling in the background, the occasional sight of a surfer on a wave stopping us mid-sentence to watch and judge. Friends walking by, dogs barking. It's not a recording studio, it's real beach life. And I love that. So go there in your mind with us and listen to Fernando talk about his humble Alchanti surf house, how he learned to surf, revelations that came from teaching, and of course, his kooky story, among other things. Coach Evan and I are putting on a surf trip together with Fernando for 2024, so if you want to stay in the loop on how you can get first dibs on a spot with us, make sure you're on our email list. Head to thesurfcontinuum.com, sign up at the bottom of any page. All right, let's go. So everything started like my dream was always to serve every day and live by the beach. And it started like a hostel. I was living in the first floor in the apartment first floor and I was renting the second floor, the three rooms. But without nothing, no AC, no swimming pool, no hot water. Just hostel, hostel. And every every Straight year roots. Yes, exactly. No terrace, no garden, nothing. Just the house because I How didn't. How long ago was this? That was 11 years ago. Wow. I just had the money for building the structure, right? Uh huh. And then every year we did little improve, and like the swimming pool, the rancho, the AC, blah blah blah. Until now, like then. No, sorry. Then I moved from the first floor to just one room. And then I was renting everything to make my money. And then I bought a camper and I moved to the camper. And I lived in the camper for like four years. And then the last thing was the apartment. I did a little apartment for me and the girls. And now the camper is one of the rooms also. Excellent. So and now I don't want to do anything else, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now it's perfect. Oh. Uh, Who is that? that? You recognize the style? This one is Kenneth, I think, yes. Couple of great surfers out here. I'm a big fan of this. I wish I put it on the video, but like this left right uh -huh. here into the rip, how that rip kind of holds the wave back. It's like, it's even when this is kind of shutting down, closing out right here, it's got a nice- Always open, yeah. And it's uh, easy, you could just go back and forth, back and forth. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when it's more swell, 
over there by the point you have two, one one right behind the rocks and the other one kind of like in that peak that just passed. Yep, yep. That's the second right. So you have two perfect rights and then the left here where the, where the people is over. And so everybody's meeting in the middle, coming back out. You can see the people surfing the lefts and the rights. Or you catch a right, then you finish here, you go to the oh, left. Oh, really? You, you come go, here? From uh -huh. wow. Ah, the, no, the right finish in the middle of the beach. No. When it works, yeah. <laughs> Almost to the lifeguard tower. Shit. But it have to be north, north. Got now it. it's south, south. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the place, now you got the pool. You got that little area for yoga, uh, stretching and, and rolling out, and it's like, it's more comfortable. All the rooms have AC, which all, all the Americans appreciate, I know. <laughs> we can't take it, We're, it's, it's intense. Yeah. Heat's, heat's heavy around here. But uh, luckily we got some clouds. We got blessed with a really nice podcast weather. Yeah. Because <laughs> otherwise me, I'm like, I'm finding some palm fronds. I got my hat, you know. We would be in the forest, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For sure. So how did this home you have now, This you bought it yourself or is it in family or how did, how did you get yourself in in the beginning? Well, in the beginning was a, I don't know the name, that word in English is legacy, legacy I think. Legacy. legacy. My yeah. father Her gave it to me. Inheritance, heritage. Uh-huh. Yeah. So my father gave me that land and then as a gift, and then we started the business together. Um, he as an investor and, and me, I was working, I was doing everything by myself, just not the cleaning service, but maintenance, garden, front desk, host, reception, everything, and the surf school. So I was, my, for many years I was working too much, but trying to make the most I can. Now I have the two girls that are the volunteers and they work as the host and they take care of basically the surf house and I'm just next on the in the surf school and then in the night I go and check that everything is good with the guests but everything started with my father that he borrowed me the money so he gave me the land as a, as a gift and then he borrowed me the money to start and then I was paying back every year the money to that he borrowed to me and mm -hmm. uh, that's how we start but every year wow. we did the business is being good and we can put some money in the side so make the improves without asking more money yeah you know? yeah 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 right on that sounds like a great business then cheers to that you're doing it that's that's a big accomplishment yeah but so again everything is started because i'm blessed with my parents and oh my father is not here anymore but they always give me the freedom to live my life and do whatever I want. He wanted that I was an engineer like he was. Mm. But I did a test and everything to the university and I never, never went to see how much I did it, the grade, because I talked to him and I was like, no, you know that what I want is to live on the beach and surf every day and that's it. So he told me, what do you want to study? I, I told him I want to study hotel management or cooking, something like that. So I studied that, he gave me the freedom to do whatever I want. But since I was a kid, I started surfing. I'm, I'm from the city, from San Jose, but I started surfing since little kid, first with a boogie board. And then when I was like 13, I started changing to a surfboard, but 
the closest beach was Hako in Hermosa. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I started in, in Hako and then I started going more with friends when we was like 15, 16 and start surfing in Hermosa and basically learn in Hako and Hermosa. And then I moved by myself the first time to Tamarindo up in the north mm -hmm. and I lived there for like a year and that's where like really passed from surfing like three times a week when I was in the city that now I was living in the beach I was yeah. surfing every single day and that was when I was 18, 19 and then I went, finished my university and as soon as I finished I came to Santa Teresa because I already came here for a surf trip with friends and I love the, the wave and it's way better or more consistent bird quality than almost all the places around almost in the world because there's not a flat day here. It's always, you can surf every single day, twice a day if you want. And it's beautiful and it's just like four beaches together in the middle of nowhere. It's kind of like a little island because of the ferry. So that limits a lot of people to come. Mm -hmm. It's a little more expensive, but it's less crowded and yeah. you can surf. You have like 20 kilometers to surf. And I start with that. My family, they don't surf, but I always had it in my mind. And I try skate, but I, I suck in skate. <laughs> and you I, get so hurt. Yeah, and I like it, but it... God it, damn it, it hurts I don't know much. why for me surfing was way more easy. Yeah, I, I actually was skateboarding when I was a kid, because for me it was like, I have a very similar story actually. Like, you know, not super access to the beach. Lucky for me, my dad's a sailor. So I always had like, kind of this, he likes ocean sailing too, mm -hmm. not like in the lake or some yeah. bay, you know. So I always have like some kind of path to the beach, um, but nobody surfed in my family. So it was like all in my motivation to get there. But what I really like that you said, and my partner that I do most of our episodes with, Coach Evan, we talk about this all the time, how boogie boarding is like the key to, the, to learning to surf, you know? Yeah. We, we come across so many adults that want to learn how to surf and they never boogie board, and you can tell. You know mm. what I mean? Like talking about setting the rail yeah. and just the timing of the wave, you know? Like just reading the ocean. A hundred percent. And just, I feel like even just that, that comfort of like getting splashed in the face, as simple as it sounds. Somebody who Wiping doesn't boogie board, they're like, Whoa, it's a yeah, big deal. Exactly. And somebody who's boogie boarding just like knows how to like turn the head. They so. like know when to jump off, just like so many little things. So anyway, anytime somebody says like, oh, started with the boogie board, I'm like, you see? We tell you guys all the time, yeah. you listening? Like you got a boogie board. You, so, gotta, you gotta ride the it helps. It helps a lot to be comfortable in the water. Mm -hmm. For me also, it was the same when we were surfing in Hako Hermosa, you know that place, right? Yeah, I've never been there, but I know it. Yeah. But it's close to, well, when I was a kid, it was like two and a half hours away. Now it's like an hour and a half away because they did a highway, but we, my family had a house in this beach, a family house. So we was always going for vacations and my older cousins, 17, 18, 19, they got a surfboard and they were surfing like two or three. And me that I was maybe, I don't know, 10, eight or whatever, with a couple more cousins around the same age, we got the boogie board. And we was always going, going, going. And then the first board that I really touched or tried or whatever was that I still one time with a cousin that didn't came for this little family trip. 
and I grab it and I use it for some days and then I put it back. <laughs> and nobody knew it and that's how it started. <laughs> uh, my first surfboard took me like, I don't know, one year to get it. From the time that I knew it, you know, like I told you I was skateboarding a lot like a little kid and boogie boarding of course. And then these older guys that I really admired, anything they do, I want to do it too. He pulls out a surfboard from his car, you know, and he's just like, yeah. and I was like, my eyes, like <laughs> that was it. Now I need a surfboard. So I'm, I'm, I see this board, he pulls it out of his back of the car, you know, he shows me and I'm just like, oh my God, I gotta have a surfboard now. And I'm, I don't know exactly, maybe 11 or 12 years old. And it takes me one year to save up for a surfboard. And it was $42 from the used <laughs> rack. And the board on the rack was $50. I had 42, the board is 50, so I go to my mom and dad like, please, please, can you lend me $8? <laughs> and they were like, all right, all right. But and you save almost board, everything. Yeah, almost, you know. <laughs> but, Mine also, I, I still have it, it's in the surf house. You saw in the room that we have boards yep. as a decoration. One of that ones, I don't know where is it, but it's my first board. Really? That, oh, I, cool. that I bought with my money it was a 6.3 and was in, in Hako. Uh, mine was a 6.2 and it was a Hotline glass in thruster. I wish so bad I had that. Uh, board. Mine was a Brazilian, Brazilian board because they're cheaper, yeah. but they're lighter and more fragile. Uh -huh. And that brand, I think, is like Inex Brown, something like that. Uh -huh. just, it still exists. I saw a couple of guys from the QS that have that, that shape. But yeah, I love it. And I still have, it's always gonna be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good part of your, your history, you know, like what you did to work for it because surfing is so hard and it's a good representation of the journey. Like, I feel like every aspect of an accomplishment in surfing is so hard earned, you know, like catching your first wave and, and going down the line the first time. Like these steps were months and years in between, you yeah. know, of work, like months to get the surfboard months to catch my first wave, months to go down the line. <laughs> to paddle out. Because I don't know for you, but for me, I, I learned with friends, but they didn't teach me. We was just like, yeah, we're going surfing, okay, yeah, I go. And then I just try and wipe out and try and try, and then they're like, okay, yeah, try to do this or try to change this. I remember like my first real surf trip was to Nicaragua with friends, like five. All of them are older than me, and all of them already serve good. And I was kind of like intermediate, you know. And <laughs> we went to Popoyo, that is like a Ooh, very, know, yeah. very good and like a little heavy wave. It's super good. Yeah. And uh, I think that was my biggest wipeout, my first scary moment. But that's how I learned. I didn't, I never did a lesson with in Costa Rica when I was a kid. No, you're 37, right? I'm 37. I'm 35. There's, there was no lessons no. when we were growing up. And you were looking at magazines. Exactly. You were watching the videos. You watch your friends. I remember the first time I realized, like, I, some, something clicked in my brain about getting tubed. I was like 19, 20, is because one of my friends who's older went by me getting tubed. <laughs> and the sound, like, I remember the sound of the wave and him inside and, like, just something clicked. I was like, oh my gosh. I like, was just the magazine. Incredible. You went and yeah, looked yeah. in magazines. You were studying, you were doing every, like man, I, I tell all my young students now, like if I had what you had right now, forget it. I would eat it up. 
they get all like soft about like, oh, you're telling me what to do, too hard, too too rough. It's like, are you kidding me? When I was your age, I would die for this advice, you know? <laughs> like tell me everything. I wanted it so bad and, and that's what I feel like a lot of, do you find that with teaching surfing? Well, yeah. maybe you have a different experience here because people are so excited to come here and learn, but like yeah, people but, want it easy. Yeah, want it easy, but also during the years of teaching, I start finding like, really like little details that for, like you say, nobody told you, you just found it making mistakes and trying and trying. And I tell we or I tell them just I don't know put your knees together or when you're paddling or whatever or bend your knees a little more thinking your back or whatever thinking your front arm and then that little tip then they got it in the head and they start thinking and you can see the progress of course they're paying for a lesson for like a week let's say every right. day right. we were surfing a couple times three four times a week by by ourselves it takes three months yeah. what you can maybe learn in one month. But I when I I also say when I'm teaching not with a car but my always my example is when you're learning beginning beginner I always say okay just look to in this case look to the forest look to the palm just look to the palms and the boy's gonna go there. Mm. And then I always say is you know how to learn hey how to ride a bicycle? Normally yes. And then you, you, I always say, just think when you're a kid, you had the little wheel, you have to think in the balance and then the cars and turning left and right and all this shit, the lights, everything. And then when you already learn, you put your music, you grab the bicycle, you ride it without hands, you start turning without hands. It's exactly the same. Mm. And people, a lot of my students, they say that that example with the bicycle and looking to the forest, it helps a lot. But Again, we didn't have these little yeah. tips before, and you no, just get it, it from... No, it took us years. It yeah. took us years. And then, you know, probably I never even actually learned this, so to speak, but, like, I found it out when I started teaching. When I'm, like, looking at people and then looking at me and looking at people and looking at me, like, what's the difference? Like, oh, oh, I'm not looking at the surfboard when I'm standing up, you know? Like, I'm looking up, oh, of course, you know? And just like you said, like, you ride your bike, you're not looking at the wheels turning or the handlebars. Exactly. You're looking at your path ahead of you and the plan that you have for your bicycle to go. You don't need to look at the bike. You know where it is. You it's on look your feet and then crush to the first second. Yeah, exactly. But that's that's it's fun to be a teacher because it gives you words. It gives you like the language for what you were actually doing. You know, and, and normally, I think I think that's the difference between a good surfer and a good teacher is the experience of teaching. A really really good surfer doesn't necessarily mean a good teacher exactly you know they are great because they went through all the hard times but that you forget about those hard times you don't remember everything you learn subconsciously mostly yeah, subconsciously. and maybe you're a super talent so you're a super good surfer but you don't like to teach or you don't have the patience or you don't or you're not good in that yeah yeah and a good teacher of course you need to serve good but you can you don't have to be a pro but you can be a super good teacher because you're good in or passing the information or your experience and also uh, something that it helped me in my surfing teaching saying the same thing repeating every day yeah, the same yeah, thing yeah, yeah, yeah. it also helped me to surf a little more chill and relax and having more time like kind of having a lesson in my head yeah and it helped me to surf more relaxed to yeah be honest. you know i just heard a, like a little clip from brad gerlach 
um, on a podcast, and he was saying, you know, every wave I've surfed in my life, I oversurfed it. <laughs> like I over, I, I tried too hard, and that was really, that definitely stood out to me because I was thinking, that's kind of yes, please, thank you. That was definitely like a similar feeling for me for a long time. And for me, the discovery was actually on bigger boards because I grew up only short boards. And mm -hmm. like, if you rode anything bigger than six feet in my group when you were friends, oh my God, you're like, That's you're it. out. Yeah. You're, you're not allowed to come back. Yeah. So, but then as I got older and I don't care about that kind of stuff anymore, I started learning how to like slow down. And Longboard is super cool. Oh yeah, it's beautiful, you know? And it just, it's just, it's all surfing, you know? And I try to remember that too with the boogie board, with body surfing. Mm -hmm. We're all trying to do the same thing and just be in the pocket, yeah. be in the sweet spot of the wave. And that's why I don't like it when my students look down on boogie boarding like, no, 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 I don't want to do that. It's like, but can you even do it? Can you, can you stay in the pocket on the boogie board? Because it's easier this way. And, you and can't it's do super it there. fun, yeah. Awesome. And it's super fun. What a, this is such a good beach for the boogie because you yeah. can walk, especially high tide. You know, there's a lot of reforms. That's like what ends. This exactly here on the inside I'm looking yeah. at. No, was this left, that one was Lorenzo. Yeah, oh, he's a great surfer. There's a lot of talent here, man. A yeah. lot of high level in Santa Fe, man. This, uh, this is his spot, huh? He likes this left. I always Boy, see Boy, the here. thing is that we, here, <laughs> I don't know, you get lazy because there's good ways everywhere. So basically any beach access is your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So he, don't live in this beach access, but he hanging out all the time here and he have his, all his lessons here. We live here, so you use or the last sentence or in the middle that we are. And we were just talking, you have a right, you have a left, you have a channel to get in, so it's easy, perfect. But when I free surf, I try to go more to the left over there. When it's south, I always go there. Yeah, in front of the rocks. Sometimes between the lessons, you just have one hour, 40 minutes, whatever, so we just walk straight here. And he have all his boards here, like in, in our friend place. So his access for all the lessons and everything is over there. How have you seen uh, the area like develop as far as uh, like attention internationally? Like people coming in, I think maybe COVID probably was a big... COVID, so every, everything was normal like this, when I came, was a very small hiding town. There was, here in Hermosa, there was nothing, not even a bridge. And Teresa was a very little cowboy town, surf, super cheap. But before COVID, yeah, I started to already develop easy normally, but then after COVID was a boom. Everything, there was a lot of different type of tourists tourists that they normally you just got before people that or surfers or that they want to surf or improve or whatever or yoga that was the the market that was around this town the town grows around surfing there was nothing here before but now with covid costa rica was almost the only country open we got like a lot of rich people around the world that they don't to be honest, they don't even care about the surfing or the nature. They just want to be hiding here because it's paradise. And they have money, so they come and buy, they bought hotels to make their houses. Uh, they, so it's getting, it's, 
it's good, yeah, we need to grow for the tourists and everything. We need to have working for everyone. But that was a boom, but now it's getting back to normal. Oh, really? So yes. you feel that it's like stabilizing again? Yes. Back? Because COVID was like three years ago or something like that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, it started three years ago. Yeah, but that was the boom, two years. And then this season is starting to going back to be as normal. Before high, uh, low season here was a ghost town. Really? You need to just chill with your friends and surf and eat basic rice and beans and a little <laughs> bit of fish or whatever you can get. There was nothing, no work, no tourists, no, no money. There was nothing because the season finished in April. Now it's different. You can still, it's, a, it's still a town all year round. Before it was like a, like a little ski stage, a ski town. Mm -hmm. it's, it's alive for five, six, seven, no, five months, six, seven months. And then was empty, everyone left, all the rest, almost all the restaurants closed, the hotels, only a couple supermarkets was open. But that was like 15 years ago. Now it's, it's already like a little, it's a town, yeah, alive, around, you know, yeah. all year round. Now, for example, I just, I always close two months, September and October. That's our like little break and then to work in the property. There is people that still do business that do the same as me, one month, two months. And now there is other places that they stay open all year round. Wow. Because now there is people. Before there was nothing. Nothing. You like it when you see people like on the water because you was alone surfing all day. Right. It's got to be a little bittersweet, is it? Or, oh, did you see that? Yeah. Pull back. <laughs> I like when I see a surf instructor teaching people how to stop. Yeah. <laughs> That's part of good surfing, too. Um, it's got to be a little bittersweet, huh? Like maybe for you to see, or, or is it, you know, like, or do you, is it full? fully welcomed like all the people all year no it's like I say we need yeah it's growing it's growing more than normal so now it's going back to normal hopefully it stays like that we don't we don't want to be a fucking it's okay uh, like a tourist buildings and like spring break you know we wanted to keep it as a small town surfing yoga, the nature, we love the nature, we take care of the nature a lot and, it's, and it's, it's our home, we live in the jungle so we wanted to keep it like that, we don't want buildings, we don't want like a become to be a city, like a, a big big city or a big town. So if the business stay like that, growing like small business, small restaurants, small little places, it's cool and it's nice. And yeah, it's better that we don't have to work just six months. We can serve eight, 10, 11 months if you want. But then it's that normal life. You decide, okay, I want to have one month of vacation or just two weeks or three months or whatever. You want. Right on. But nobody, bueno, the real, the real people from here that they're here around, the locals and the foreigners that live here for like 20 years ago, nobody wants to become a big city. Right, right. So well, there's always going to be that potential, you know. I, I just tell you guys, like, keep your eyes open, you know, because someone always wants to come in and do something or grow it a little bit or bring a little extra. So just 
keep your eyes sharp for that, you know, and keep it what it is, because that it, this it really is a beautiful place, and it's really, even though there's like tourism here, it's untouched still. It feels yeah, like there's nothing here. That's the best. Yeah. Like that's why the people come here to see the right. jungle. Is there any laws about like development or? Yeah. So the the first 155, 150 meters from the coast, from high tide. All this forest is public, all for Costa Rican people. There is no private beach in Costa Rica. Then the land that you can buy after this, after this 200 meters, you get a concession that is like a leasing with the government for like 99 years or something like that. So then they say, okay, you can develop just 20% or 30%. You can maybe don't do a, a swimming pool. Some places they don't let you. Some places they say you can just build two houses that sit, or they say you cannot touch any of this part of your land, something like that. And that's how they keep it. Costa Rica have more than 50% of the country is protected. It's forest that is protected as a private reserve or national forest or little like, I don't know in English, but in Spanish it's Corredor Biologico. So for example, this beach after this corner it's a beach between here and Manzanillo, that is the next town, that is just forest, untouched. Nobody can touch it, not even the street. If there is a tree that fails, they just cut it and we leave it like that. Really? Wow. There is a couple of waterfalls there, and it connects the national refuge for the turtles and around Arío, that is like three beaches away from here, to that mountain over there that you see in the end, that is Malpais, that is... Cabo Blanco is the national park, it's the first national park of Costa Rica. So this is like a bridge mm -hmm. between these two. But yeah, hopefully stay like this. Hopefully. Of course there is corruption everywhere. Some places supposed to be non-touched and now it's a private property. But the town is strong and they're trying to keep it like this. And yeah. it's a magic place for me. It's my favorite spot in Costa Rica. You have everything. Yeah, so this is home now. You will raise your family, right? Yeah. This will be it. My baby is one of the first generations from here. So she's going to be a real local. <laughs> yeah, true, true Let's see if she want to serve. I don't know. We see. <laughs> she loves water for the moment. She's such a sweetie. Well, start her on the boogie board. We know the key. The secret access key is yeah. uh, right in the boogie, right here in these little first line of whitewater. Yeah, I know. Right? Okay, so the name of this episode, uh, I'm sorry, of the podcast, I call Coopcast. The reason for this, you know, like podcast, Coopcast, the reason I do this is because when I first started, I was, I'm kind of like you, I was a little shy about, you know, like putting myself out there, talking, um, I don't know, you know, but I did know also that it would be good for my business. I started a new business a couple years ago and I wanted to put myself out there and I thought, well, shit, this is, this is a good way to do it. Like give people just surfing discussions, talk about technical things, talk about basic things, talk to other surfers, just surfing, surfing, surfing. So anyway, I was like, oh, how do I do this though? I don't want to act like I'm some expert. I'm just a regular surfer, you know? Mm. So I was like, I got it. I'll call it Coopcast. So you can't call me any, you know, like I've already called it. I already said it about myself, Coopcast. And one of my favorite questions I like to ask my guests 
in the same like attitude is of humility is what's your like your kooky moment like if you have in your memory you know when your friends took you surfing and and for example you put your leash on your wrong ankle and you're standing and you get the best picture of your life but your <laughs> ankle your leash is the wrong side or something like that um i don't know i really like to hear this story too because i think for all the listeners it's it's like even even some really accomplished surfers people running surf businesses uh you know on the beach surfing's their life also kooky yeah i mean i <laughs> So, no, he's talking about our teams from uh, football. Is the is we are not the biggest teams. His team is like number three in Costa Rica. My team is like the number four. But my team and his team, they're always. So we're gonna play next week, and he's talking. Yeah. <laughs> so he's talking shit. Yeah. <laughs> but about uh, let's see a quick moment. I guess maybe. Boy, yeah, was uh, was that moment, but nobody see it. Just a girl that I was trying to, to you know, to conquest, and was in Tamarindo. I had like 19 years old. I was starting surfing, and she was like. She was from Israel, and she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I want to surf. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I teach you. Yeah, yeah, no problem. <laughs> and we went, and yeah, I was pushing her, but then the rip took us to the rocks, and then we have to take, like, finish. We finished on the rocks. Nothing happened, but then you, I lost the control of the situation, you know? So I like, no, no, we need to go out. This is all the rocks. And I, wa- I didn't want it to look like a cook because I wanted to try to... To, you know, to hanging out with this girl, but she didn't. She saw it, but maybe she didn't know it, and nobody saw it. Maybe that, or maybe just wiping out like in front of all my friends, like going straight, straight with the head. Maybe that is another. That was. I like the first one. That's good, especially since nobody saw it. You know, like let's put it out there now. Yeah. Ah, yeah, that was years ago, so it doesn't matter. I don't even remember the name of the game. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how you get yourself into trouble. Act like you know something when you're like in your own position. No, and beginning. that's what happened. So I did it teaching to a girl in the shore, but that's what happened. A lot of accidents in the water that, or a guy pretend that surf and take a girl, or maybe not, but just a person, guy or girl, that they say, ah, oh, no, no, surfing is super easy because I play tennis or I play basketball or <laughs> I am a high-performance, uh, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and they come and they, they shit, man. And then some people doesn't have accidents, but then sometimes you get accidents. Here we have always to rescue people. Always with the rip. Oh, tools. man, first day I show up. I'm like, first thing I want to do, is scope out the beach, like get my eyes on it, look for the water, where it's moving, mm-hmm. where it's going out, you know. And uh, we're walking, it's low tide, so I'm walking over here over the, the rocks or the reef, whatever. And I see, you know, I, I see the rip right away. I'm like, oh, okay, here's a rip over here. So watch out for that. And uh, mostly, you know, I'm thinking for me, that's how I'm getting outside. <laughs> but, you know, for just my, the students, you know, and the people who are just going to be on the waist deep water boogie boarding to just 
put it on their minds. But anyway, I see a woman playing, and she's kind of bobbing and standing, and then bobbing and standing and like, you know, taking her feet off the ground every once in a while. And every time she takes her feet off the ground, she's moving out a little farther and has no clue. You know, and next thing you know, she like can't touch so good. Maybe she's chest deep and can only get her toes into the sand, and, and it's not good enough. So she starts to swim, and she's swimming, and she's going the wrong way. And so one of one of the boys, you know, one of the local boys sees, and he knows exactly what's going on, of course, and paddles out to her and quickly, like, cuts across this way, and she's in. She's all good. And literally, as he's getting her here and it's all good, he turns around and look, and, I, and I'm another still in the same spot, another person ah, behind her. Yeah. I was like, wow, this has to happen all the time. A good boogie boy. Woo. Yeah. No, it happens a lot because people see ah, everyone is going surfing there, or is that it's next to the rocks? It's safe. It's like a swimming pool. No, it's the fucking worst place. Worst ever. spot. Yeah. But, but the good thing is that we are always here, or surfing, or doing lessons. But it's always when the accidents happen or the emergencies, let's say, it's like always around lunchtime when it's super hot here. Nobody is surfing, almost nobody's doing lessons, almost no, we don't stay in the beach at that time yeah. until maybe after, from 11 to 2 you hide from the sun. Yeah. And that's always, I see it always that happens in lunchtime when there's not a lot of people, so people don't know and starts going and then you have people asking for help or whatever, but... Wow. So it's always, always people around, so that's the good thing. Does it, does it, uh, it happens a lot, um, like a bad emergency? Or, no, 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 thanks God, no. Because wow. we are always around and doing lessons or surfing, like I say. <laughs> so, like bad accidents, no. But emergencies, sometimes, yeah. Or not emergencies, but like that, like, yeah, a, like a, a rescue. Yeah, like not there, yeah. A rescue because one second you're touching and another second you're not touching. Mm -hmm. But no, here, you just need to know where to go. Of course, that, that it would be a, a black flag. Don't even go around there. But if you stay in the middle of the beach or to the south, it's super easy for any level. You, beginners, intermediates, if you go in the lineup, you got perfect waves. Yeah, what I notice is tricky for, for me coming from outside, you know, is like, it's, I always, I, I'm always very aware of like my landmarks, you know, what am I in front of? And here is like not so easy because it looks very similar all the way, you know? And so even if you are here, after 30 minutes, you start to, move, you know, you will drift and the rip is kind of pulling you from the middle of the beach to it, like sideways and then out. Yeah, so there's not like marks, but there's right, nothing. Right, right. So I was thinking like, I wonder if flags or something so that No, but we used to have lifeguards, but there's not still a lot of sponsor to having lifeguards 24-7 here, so they just put it like once a year. Uh -huh. But the marks are the highest pounds, uh -huh, uh -huh. and then the rock, of course. There is a red a house that have a red roof in the up in the mountain, that's another mark, or the lifeguard tower. Right, okay. And if you wanna see the middle of the beach, is that bush, you see that it's coming out like this? Yep. That bush is actually, if you see it from the water, it's a big, big, big bush round like this. So that's exactly the middle. But yeah, there is no anything, it's just forest. Is that... Also to go in to look for your axis yeah, yeah, yeah. after sunset, <laughs> there's always people like, oh, sorry, 
You know where is where is the access? Where is the main parking? Where I can go out? I'm lost. I wouldn't even know what to ask if I was looking for my access. Like uh, the access. This is crazy, man. This, this is all good. Yeah, waterproof. This is not normal. Little rain like this. It's super good. Yeah, it's like AC. Shit. It's like yeah, it's perfect podcast weather. But this is what I need. But this is normally a weather in May that it starts to rain. Little rain like this. Uh -huh. Right now it's dry, dry, dry. So it's good. It's is good this is your boy. This is the guy. No, that's another soccer? guy. Oh. No, my friend is with a like a green rash pad. Black and black and green. Well, hell yeah, Fernando. Thank you so much for taking the time to, to chat and then, you know, share a little about yourself and your little business right here on the beach. I definitely, like I said before, but just a reminder, all the people listening that El Chante is a great little spot, Playa Hermosa. Check it out. Look it up. Instagram. How else? How else do people find you? Uh, El Chante Surf House in Instagram. And we are located in Hermosa, Playa Santa Teresa, Costa Rica. Hermosa is like the last part. Just and yeah, little, that's it. Little breakfast for you in the morning, some little coffee. Homemade Look. banana bread, granola, tropical fruits. Yep, yep. Coffee. Good stuff and, and the ladies take good care of you. Everybody's always around and it's just it's what you want, you know, when you go away. Like, I don't know, I'm not a hotel person, so if you are go, I don't know, go to Europe or something. <laughs> Costa Rica is for like the pure in heart people, like the true surfers, and this is just like speaks right to that. Good vibe. waves every day. Yeah, right out front. What is the walk? Two minutes? You ever time it? I give you time it is like five minutes. Really? Oh, it but feels it's like, like it feels like three, four minutes. Yeah, it yeah. feels like nothing. But wow. yeah, you can take your cup of coffee, come check the waves, go back, grab your board, and that's it. Go surf. Yeah, I don't even check the waves. I just grab my board. I go. It's always good, yeah. <laughs> no, thanks to you, bro. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Good idea, man. Good idea. That's what I. That's the name meaning. When you, when we was talking about, when I did my business, I always my goal was when I, when I travel, I like to go and I, I don't want to feel like a, just a dollar sign, you know, mm. or a number of room. I want to feel kind of like part of a little crew, little family, and that's what I want to create, that when you come, you don't feel just, ah, yeah, you're just another tourist. You know? you're part, you, you become a friend, and you're part of the little crew, the little family, and we're hanging out, we surf together, we go for songs, and we go out, we party, we eat, whatever. And always, I have people that they come for, I don't know, two, three nights, and they stay two months. Wow. And they, I have people coming since my first year, 11 years ago, and Amazing. they come every time. That's a good sign. You know, when That's you got people sign. coming back, you know yeah. you're doing something right. And you definitely nailed that vibe. Like, you can feel it. Even, you know, it's as simple as the kitchen. Having, like, a fridge and mm -hmm. a little place to cook, so it's not like this expectation, like, oh, you have to go out to eat. Like, no, bring your you're, food, yeah, you're just, put it in the fridge, cook, exactly. stay here, it's home. Feel like home, yeah. chill, and that's the meaning of El Chante. So El Chante is Costa Rican's land, and we use it to say, normally it's your home or your room, 
uh, or your favorite spot, your favorite restaurant, you can say, yeah, that place is El Chante, or you can normally say, yeah, let's go to my Chante, let's go to, to my, my hood, my house, my, you know, your favorite place. Mm -hmm. And that's the idea of the, my goal is that the people that comes, they feel that you're like part of a friend, you know, part of a little crew, a little family. And that's it, and you have a good time, and you come back one day. <laughs> Perfect, you nailed it. And that's a shot in the back, yeah. <laughs> Guest appearance? <laughs> private, private security. <laughs> yeah, it's all good. We had, if, if we had the baby come down, that would have been fine. We had the dogs barking, it's all, it's all good. Anything goes with this podcast. Now surfing, well for you I can, but it's gonna get better, my less water. And if it's raining a little bit, 